Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to this week's segment of Live Without Limits. Today we're going to talk about how to have a positive attitude is essential for life. We will discuss how to take your mindset and to shift it to give your life more meaning, how to reduce stress in your life, how to become a contributor to the people around you, that is to take your vision from thought to reality, how to set goals for yourself, how to find balance for your, your life, and how to create solutions for yourself. Personal growth begins by asking yourself honest questions. Learn to be honest with yourself about who you are, where you come from, and what you want in life. If you're not honest with yourself and you're putting a mask up there for people to see, then it may be perfect for the people around you, but if you're putting up a mask for yourself and trying to put put yourself in a position that you're not, then you're not going to achieve the things that you really want to achieve in life. You're going to work at it. You're going to struggle, but you're not really going to be putting yourself in a position where you will be out there and really finding success for yourself. Personal growth begins by asking yourself honest questions. You learn to be honest with yourself about who you are and where you come from and what in life it is that you really want. And we form our opinions by the reactions of our parents, our prejudices. Think about it. If you grew up in an era before before integration, then for you it's going to be someone that it's hard to relate to someone of a, a, a different race. You're going to perpetuate the prejudices that your parents have because those you begin to believe that those are the things that you really believe in. And what I can do is tell you a story about some of the things that happened to me early on being someone with a disability before there were laws in the books guaranteeing people with disabilities today. And even though we've come a long way, you still see some of those prejudices today. As a child growing up with a disability, because I have cerebral palsy, which means that and it affects really one side of my body, and I always walked with a limp, and I wore a brace as a child so that I could walk a little bit better and have a little bit more balance when I walked. But because there were no laws on the books guaranteeing people with disabilities the right to an education, that I was the only person in the school system with a disability. So teachers did not understand that because cerebral palsy affects the brain and how it processes the information, then when I took tests, it didn't always show what my capabilities were or how I could succeed given the opportunity. So teachers tended to look at me and say, well, she, she daydreams a lot. She's not attentive. But really and truly, the only thing that it was was that because of the way the brain processes the information and the fact that when I get overloaded, I tend to pull back and tune out. And I showed a short attention span. 
All they really needed to do was to give me one-on-one attention. Public Law 94-142, which is the Individual Disability Education Act, did not come into existence until 1977. And I was in graduate school at the time. Then you started seeing more classrooms where they were given special ed to children with disabilities and then mainstreaming them into the classroom with able-bodied kids. When that started happening, then there was more acceptance. For me, because there were no laws in the books and I was the only person with a disability in the school system, what I found was that the kids did not understand what I have or how you get it. And so they teased me because I was different. And this left me feeling insecure, especially the fact that when I would go home, I didn't have a family that would hug and kiss me and tell me they loved me. My mother would say to me, what are you crying for? You have no reason to cry. If I'm hurting, I have a reason to cry. And to deny my right to feel what I'm feeling is creating an environment of saying, you're less than who you are, you're not a real person, so therefore, you don't have to feel anything. So unless we want to change our mindset, we will pass along these prejudices to the next generation. And you can see that today in society and how black and people with disabilities are still being treated. If you look today, even though the Americans with Disabilities Act has been law since 1990, what has happened is that companies are still not hiring people with disabilities into the workplace. In 1990, when companies were going good and they needed employees to fill positions, they never once went to rehabilitation services and asked to interview any of their clients to fill those positions. So, and today we're in a situation where companies have cut back and, and on their staff, they cut their staff in half, they doubled the amount of work on the people who are currently working. So there's really virtually no opportunity in the workforce for people with disabilities at this point right now. So either you're going to have to create your own opportunities or you're going to end up being on disability or being homeless. Society is still not at a point where it's totally accepting of people who are a different race or different nationality. We still have a long way to go to get to the point of being totally accepting of the people around you. Here are some things you can do to take control of your life and unleash the power within. What is it that makes you the person that you are? What kind of home life or parental influences did you have that you are passing on to your children? What is your heritage? This past Thanksgiving, I spent some time with a friend at her sister's house. She's a chiropractor, her sister is a cardiologist, and her brother-in-law is a cardiologist. In their family, they encourage them to better themselves, to live a, a better life, to improve where they are in society and achieve goals. 
in my grandma, my mother's family, my grandmother was very negative. She fought with my grandfather almost daily and cursed him. And because she was jealous of what other people had, she encouraged her children to be jealous of one another. So even though many years later, even though they would talk to each other, there was no real closeness between them. And they never encouraged their children and the cousins to be close to each other. We would talk to our cousins when we went into New York on summer vacations, but as we all got older and went in our own directions, we've all drifted away from each other. We really have no relationship with one another. And what has happened was because of the what my grandmother passed on to her children, many of my cousins had the potential to achieve high goals. They could they were very smart. They finished their college education. But the only ones that ever achieved anything and became independent were those that went out on their own and totally disassociated themselves with the family. One cousin of mine was a teacher in the school system and he eventually went into the administrative side and moved up the latter and became a principal in the school system. And then after he got his 30 years in, he retired. And he'd been, he's been retired about six years and he recently died un, unexpectedly about a month ago. Another cousin of mine, he married someone who encouraged him to, to leave the job that he had with the state and become self-employed. So she was encouraging him to go into business with her father. Well, that didn't quite work out, but what he did do was because he lives in New York, he got a stand down in the subway where he sold newspapers and candy. Then he eventually moved it up above ground, and his wife died from cancer, and he was left with a three-year-old child so his sister-in-law introduced him to a friend of hers whom he married, and because she didn't have the encouragement or the push that his first wife had, he's now a cab driver in New York. Well, he's still self-employed, but being a cab driver and, and actually owning a business that you are making decisions for is a very different situation. Now, what is it that you want to let, do, are you willing to let others control you in your life or do you want to take control of your own life? What are the things that you can do to unleash the power within and control your life? What is your past and how does it influence you on who you are today? How many of you understand that Growing up as a child, parents tend to thrift you. They like to say, my son the doctor, my son the lawyer. If you think about it, there was a song that was written, by, written and sung in the 80s that was saying, don't let your sons grow up to be cowboys. Well, if you think about it, all of those are influences on who you are today and what makes you the person you are. 
if you grow up in a home where there's a lot of prejudicial feelings, then you're going to grow, then you're going to continue those prejudices. If you grow up in a home where people are open and more willing to change and accept different people, then what's going to happen is you're going to be willing to change and be more open and accepting of other people yourself. Now we're going to talk about the master of achievement. That is your lessons in life. Now, in this light, what I'm going to do to show you how this has influenced who we are and what we feel, I'm going to talk about some celebrities. Here you have Britney Spears, whose parents would, would, are not really there for her. She became a star when she was 15 years old by becoming part of the Mickey Mouse Club. And then through her participation in that club, she was able to get a record contract. And she recorded some music and was very successful. Then, because she did not have the family support systems in place and parents who encouraged her to grow up and mature before she started looking to get married and to, to have children, what has happened is here's someone who went out, found someone that she was friendly with, that she knew from home. They went out. They got drunk. They decided, oh, let's go get married. Then 55 hours later, here they are, divorced. The following year, she's already married to someone else that she's ready to have children. Well, well, she married someone that here he was, had a girlfriend that he had one child with. She was pregnant with his second child. She up and married him. While he's with her, he's running around on her, has girlfriend. Now, what made her think he was going to settle down with her if he was already showing who he was to begin with, that he was someone who wanted to party? He was never going to be faithful to her. So if that was your choice, how can you all of a sudden say, I'm, I don't want you anymore, when you took them when they were already that way? Well, now you've got someone who, because she's in the public eye, the paparazzi are following her. And because she's at least spring and she's not competent enough to take care of her children, she's running around. She's getting herself drunk and, and on drugs. Well, usually when people turn to alcohol and drugs, that's usually a symptom that there are some real deep-seated issues there. Because in psychology, they tell you you have to get at the root. Just taking someone and putting them into a rehab center and getting them dried out and then putting them back on the street, you've not dealt with the issues that, or the insecurities that they're feeling, which is putting them in a position where they're going to go right back to those alcohol and drugs. And you've seen it in Britney Spears. You've seen it in Lindsay Lohan. So what we need to do is look at ways that we when we treat someone, that we treat not only the surface issues, but also the deep-seated problems to get at the real issues that are causing them to turn to the alcohol and drugs to begin with. And what makes you the person you are? Some of, some of us have come from good homes, but some of us come from problem homes. And what has happened is, you find 
people like Paris Hilton. She's coming from a home with it where she's got a rich, she's got a lot of money, and yet here she is, someone who is running around partying. She's she's gotten the jobs doing shows like The Simple Life, and and so has Nicole Richie. But they are, what they're doing is. This is something that they've gotten because of their name. It's not something that they achieved because they really have the talent for it. Then what happens is because they're the beautiful people, as we want to say, then you get entertainment not tonight and Access Hollywood following them and putting out reports on them because they have to have stories to tell. And then you get a general public that sees that, and what happens is, they're going to follow their behavior. They're not going to accept that this is just something that these people are doing just for the publicity because what you're finding is that they, they, they thrive on that publicity. They thrive on being the center of attention. They go out seeking it because by seeking it, what it's done is it's, it's given them something that they, are, they need or that they're missing inside of them. So what is it that you really want to do and how can you turn things around so that you can achieve things that are going to satisfy you? And think about it. Before you go out and have a relationship with someone, you have to be happy with who you are. Because if you're not happy with who you are, then what you're doing is you're going to be superficial. You're going to be wearing that mask. You're not going to let people see who you really are. And then they're going to have a false impression of the person that, you're, that you are. You're seeing that with some of these young entertainers because they do not have the family support systems in place that will nurture them. And here they are having children and they don't really know how to nurture their children because they were not nurtured and encouraged to be a, a, a whole person, as we would like to say. And we live in a culture of, of a therapy culture. And unless you want to change, no one can make you change. When you have a strong emotion about something, then you have a passion about it. What we want to do is show you how when you make choices, and you want to choose things, then you have to have a, a real passion about it. What is it that you're passionate about? When you go out and, and you look for a job, what you're doing is you're not going to be happy in just having any job. You want to do something that you really have a passion about, that you really believe in. And think about it. To, to create that passion, you also have to have a focus in a life so that you can create that passion in whatever you choose to do. You, we all have to have a model of the world through which we filter how we see our lives. Your decisions shape your destiny, where you go to work, your career choices, and let me go back and show you how the choices that you make and how you, you filter things through the world. If you look at some of the TV shows that we have today and the false impression that they're giving on, they're not real reality. And, and some of these writers 
the storylines they're giving, they're not realistic in trying to help us. And it, 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 think about The Godfather and some of the some of the stories that came out of that movie, and how we've seen some of the the realities of what our choices are. Now, when let's go back and we're going to talk about how you you filter out the things that you that you like in life and the the things that you dislike, and it all falls back to where you want to work and your career choices. Some people are givers. They want to go out there and they want to help people with to be a better person. And you find a lot of social workers that do that, even counselors. But sometimes they're doing it because they also like the recognition they get because they've done something for someone else. And it's not a real need inside them. But what you need to consider is that when you're out there and you make those choices, you need to understand that you're looking at things through your eyes, through your parents' eyes, and through the things that you've seen and that you've learned over the years. How many times that you have people that have come out of the Depression era, what they did was they were very tight with their money. They were very afraid to spend money. And then they also came with this theory of they were the hard workers. During that time, you saw some of the, the government begin to develop programs that would help get people back to work. And you saw people that were willing to work for nothing with the company. What was going on is you found that back in the, the, the early thir the 30s and the 40s, employees were loyal to the company, so the, the company was loyal to them. Usually it became, their job became a lifelong place that they were for 25 years, and then they retired with that that got that big retirement party, and when they got that retirement party, they got that tr that gold watch. And when they got the gold watch, they were also eligible for Social Security. Social Security at the time was supposed to put people in a position where they could live comfortable. Well, now we've moved into the 21st century, and because of the way the job market is today and the fact that companies have moved a lot of the jobs over to Mexico and to Asia because they were able to pay less to the, the worker, then you've seen a lot of people lose their jobs here. They've, they've lost their standard of living. At the same time, what you're seeing is that the employer is no longer loyal to the employee, but the employee had long before that gotten to the point where their only loyalty was, especially when the unions were there, how much are you going to pay me? And they really got to a point where they overpriced their positions. And companies have sent the jobs overseas. They've, they've lowered their pay out, but they've kept the prices at the same standard that they were as, as though they were being made in this country. And then you've seen 
that the corporations are making the profit, but the people do not have the money to spend to buy these goods because of the fact that they've lost their standard of living. And as you can see, we, what we've done is we're going to now talk about do you have a target or something that you are after and your needs. Your needs can be both certainty and uncertainty in your life because it creates variety. Now, if you think about it, if you did the same thing every day other than work, if your reality was, think about it, a small child, when, when they're young, their day consists of playing because that's all they know about. But how many times have you seen someone that they're a workaholic, they, they can spend 20 hours in the job, they don't really have any balance. And what happens is they're getting bored, they're getting depressed, and then it's, it's just because it's the same thing over and over again. We all need to have variety in our lives. That's why in relationships, usually people who get along the best are opposites because they each bring something very different to the reality and to the family and to the relationship. And we can as you know, we can't live as hermits. We all need someone in our lives to bounce ideas off of. We have to have connections. And let's show you how it how important that is. In my family, because of the negativity and because I have a disability, I have found that they were never there and they were never supportive of me and who I was and what it was that I wanted to do. So I've always had to go outside of the family to find that support and that encouragement. If you remember, even the music of the 60s, it was very relative, relevant to the turbulence of the 60s. There was a movie made about the 60s, and you saw certain music that was played when they showed what was going on when the blacks were fighting for acceptance and, and the Bill of Rights to make the choices that they've made. Today, you have the voting rights for people that for, for people who are of, of, of African-American rights. So what has happened is then you saw how that we were coming out of the 50s and it was a very conservative time. And as we moved into the 60s, it was a time when it was an awakening and you saw it in the music of Bob Dylan and Janis Joplin and the, the types of things they did in Woodstock and what went on during that time. To succeed, you need to have a plan or a map to follow. That's like setting, it's the same thing like setting a goal. What is it that you want to have in in your life and how are you going to get there? What are the things that you're going to do to help yourself reach your goals and achieve those goals? What is it that you want to do that can really make it for you, make it happen for you? And we only grow and change through personal experiences. If you don't experience someone something and you don't understand what is going on and you don't 
if you just live in a total fantasy, then you are not going to be able to have the successes in your life because you're not challenged. We need to challenge ourselves to, to make the, the changes for the better. Now, let's talk about what experiences have you had in life that are influencing you today? Do you have a focus? Think about it. If you want to be successful, you can't be doing 10 different jobs at the same time and hope one of them works. You have to take one thing that it is that you really have a passion for and work on it. And once you work on it, and you, then you can make it a reality. And when you make it a reality, then you find success for yourself. So think about it. Do you have a focus? And if you don't have a focus, then what is it that you can do so that you can get a focus in your life? If you do have a focus, how can you take that and make it a reality for yourself? Now, let's think about it. Ordinary things, when consistently done, produce extraordinary results. Think about it. What is it that you can do or things that have been done that seem ordinary at the time, but over time have become extraordinary because they were unusual or they were something that was needed that has affected other people. We can go back and we can even show that in a lot of things that have happened in society that have helped people with disabilities, like the computer and technology and how it has taken and opened the doors for people with disabilities in the workplace. Now, what is it that you are going to do that's going to be a call to action so that you too can achieve the goals and find success for yourself and become more, more satisfied in who you are and where you are and what it is that your choices are? <laughs> 